Hello, and welcome to Let the Record Show, a Civia Law podcast. I'm Callie Mize, attorney at Civia Law, where we help you through life's transitions. Today, I'm going to talk about how major life events can warrant a change in your estate plan. But first, just a reminder, if you have any questions about this topic or anything regarding estate planning, probate, and more, you can visit our website, www.civialaw.com, for our blog and more resources to help you. So first of all, I always recommend updating your estate plan every three to five years. So every three or so years, get out your documents, look them over to see if they still reflect your wishes. Additionally, if your estate plan is anywhere over 10 years old, it probably needs some updating because of just how much things have changed in 10 years in the world and the law in general. So you want to make sure that your estate plan is kept up with the times. So there's a few different life events that if these have happened to you, that can cause changes in your estate planning and you probably need to talk to one of us about just getting everything in order. First one, if you get married, you probably wanna make your spouse your power of attorney. You probably want everything to go to them first and then your kids. So take me for example, you know, right now I'm unmarried, so everything is going to go to my mother. Now, when I do get married, I'm obviously going to change that so everything will go to my husband and then it'll pass to my kids. The next one is divorce or the death of a spouse. So if you divorce your spouse, the spouse is deemed to have predeceased you. And I have an example of how that can go really wrong that I'll share here in a minute. Also, if your spouse has passed away, it's a good idea to update your estate plan so that it is clear where your estate is passing and to who it's passing. If you purchase or refinance your home, you're going to want to make sure that your estate plan is updated to reflect those changes. Another thing to be mindful of is that sometimes if you still have a mortgage on the house at the time of your death, the mortgage company may consider that a default because you promised to pay them money each month and then you went and died, so you broke your promise. And the mortgage company may require immediate repayment from the estate, so you want to be aware of that and make sure that either your kids can and want to buy the house and can get financing to cover the remaining mortgage or that you're okay with selling the house. So all very important conversations to have. So let's go to another happy one, so children. So in most estate plans, you have a choice to say my children as a blanket term, which will include all afterborn or adopted children. Or you can say my children, meaning only Peter, Paul, and Mary, etc. So you wanna make sure that everybody who you consider as a child of yours is included in your estate plan so nobody is excluded inadvertently. Also, if you get new financial accounts, you might be thinking, well, I've opened up a new bank account, so what? My question is, do you have a payable on death on that account? What about a contingent payable on death? So where is that money gonna go if you pass away? Another one that gets overlooked a lot is major injury or disability. So for example, if one of your children or your spouse becomes disabled, you want to make sure that you have some special and supplemental needs planning included in your estate plans for them so they don't end up getting kicked off of or disqualified for government benefits because they've inherited this property or assets outright. 
And if you have questions about this, please, please reach out to us because this is probably one of the biggest headaches I have is trying to get inherited assets out of the disabled person's name and into the name of a special needs trust. So please, please reach out. Please come see me if you know this kind of resonates with you. So people are always asking me, what's the big deal if I don't? And let me tell you, I have stories. So a lot of people have the attitude of, oh, so what? It'll work out. I've got bad news for you. It probably won't. So the best thing to do is fix the issues now so they don't cause problems after you've passed. One example that I came across that I promised to share was about a husband and wife. They made their will. The husband named the wife as executor. This was before their divorce. And then after the divorce, they never changed their estate plan. So for them, they stayed good friends, had a good relationship, etc. And the husband still wanted her as his executor because they had kids together. So why is this a problem? Under Illinois law, once you are divorced, your spouse is deemed to have predeceased you. So by that rule, the spouse cannot inherit anything from the ex, nor can the ex serve as executor. So even though he still wished for her to be the executor, by law, she cannot be. Another example that I've seen, going back to, you know, major injury or disability, is that say you have one child who is going to inherit everything after you passed. Well, if that child becomes disabled and needs to go on Medicaid or any other type of government benefits, if you pass and you do not have a special needs trust already set up or have a special needs provision in your will or trust, what will happen is that those assets will pass to your child in their own name. You might be thinking again, why is this a problem? Because that child's benefits are dependent on them not being able to support themselves. So if they come into a lot of money in their own name, it can kick them off benefits. So I recently had a case where it was an adult child. He was on Medicaid and their father passed away and left probably close to $100,000 to the child through life insurance money and some other things that he had set up. So that money went directly to the adult child instead of to a special needs trust. By having $100,000 in their name, Medicaid said, oh, you've exceeded your income asset limit. You don't need our help anymore and dropped them. So now the adult child lost all benefits, including having their prescriptions paid for, which some were about $7,000 per month without insurance, which is insane. And they were going to have to apply for Medicaid once more. So it really pays off to read through your estate plans and make sure that, you know, are the circumstances when I made the will the same as they are now? Is anything different? Has anything happened like I mentioned above? If it has, you have to come in and see us. Not you should come in and see us. It is a matter of you have to come in and see us. So I'm going to give everybody a bit of homework. And if you've made your estate plan before the pandemic, so March of 2020, if you made your estate plan before then, get it out and read over it. If everything's the same, fine. But if not, give us a call and we'll help get you on the right track, okay? And for awesome listeners of this episode, we have a special discount for the first five listeners to mention Let the Record Show. We'll give you 10% off of your estate plan. So hope to see you soon, guys. 
And that's it. Remember, if you have any questions about this topic or anything related to estate planning, probate, or more, you can visit our website, www.civialaw.com, for our blog and more resources. I'm Callie Mize, attorney at Civil Law, where we help you through life's transitions. The information you obtain in this podcast or on our site is not, nor is it intended to be, legal advice. You should consult an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established.